0: Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment.
1: It is time for my friend, he's here in the studio with his entourage, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb.
0: (laughs) <laughs> What's going on in your world? Well, uh, just I've always got projects. I never lack for things to keep me busy. You, you know, and
1: somebody said to me, I'll never forget it, uh, a couple of years ago, they said, well, you're getting up there in age. You're probably going to retire to the wheelchair and not do anything. <laughs> I'm busier now at 72 than I was, I think, 10 years ago.
0: I, I am enjoying it, and I'm... The nice thing is when I go into a store and I run into somebody, I can sit and talk to him for a half hour and not feel like i got to hurry off. So <laughs> I go in to get a gallon of milk. It takes me an hour. <laughs> there you go.
1: Hey, what are we going to talk
0: about today? We're going to talk about something that I'm going to bet most people would not associate with the Old West.
1: Uh, okay? I have no clue what you're talking about. How about
0: Baseball. Baseball in the Old West. In the Old West. Now, yeah. how old? We're going to get into that. Oh, I You'll... can't wait to hear All this. Right. All so, right. Okay, so this year, 2019, is kind of an anniversary of a couple of events that happened in history in the American West. So when the Golden Spike was gently tapped into place in the ceremonial tie at Promontory Point in Utah, uh, and that symbolized the completion of of course we know the transcontinental railroad and that was on May 10th 1869 so it opened the west as never before so now early earlier that year the red stockings of cincinnati became the first all salaried professional team in the up and coming sport of baseball undefeated as the year progressed the red stockings rode the train, the rails, in September to introduce professional baseball beyond the Mississippi to take it west. So the railroad was the main reason why baseball was able to head out west. Mm-hmm. So now the west offered opportunity and adventure, attracting people from around the world. You know, of course, they flocked to California during the gold rush of 49, uh, the Comstock silver load in 59. Now in 1869, these professionals came west to demonstrate. Their professional wealth of baseball riches to some pretty well overmatched, but some eager ball clubs that wanted to be a part of the Red Stockings historic season. What year was that? That was eighteen sixty-nine. So they're out
1: there playing baseball, right. and uh, somebody hits a home run, and he's just made it around second base, and there's an Indian attack. Well, that doesn't happen a lot.
0: No, no, you, you got to be careful. <laughs> But there was never a team like the 1869 Cincinnati Red Stockings. And I'll get into more of the no name stuff okay. a little bit. Okay. But anyway, they attracted a bunch of... You never of,
1: know who's in the bleachers. That's right.
0: They attracted a bunch of astonishing baseball talent that registered the only undefeated season in professional baseball history. No kidding. The only one their center fielder and who was also their manager a guy by the name of Harry Wright had a great baseball mind he invented uh what we now, except uh, teamwork techniques such as you know players calling for a fly ball, uh, backing each other up in the field, using substitute p- uh, pitchers to relieve starting pitchers, and practicing so that they could get better and better and better. All this back in eighteen sixty nine. Eighteen sixty nine. Yep. Yeah. Now he had a brother. I wonder if the Cubs signed up. For I that. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> his, his brother, a guy by the name Smiling George. Oh, I remember him. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> he had. A, he was the brother to Laughing. Billy. No, no, he wasn't. His brother, Smiling George, had a big old grin, a pearly white teeth that matched his star power of the game. He was the first real superstar of baseball. So he was the Mickey Mantle of that time. He was the guy. Uh, He was a shortstop, he had tremendous range, and he could hit... Like nothing else. I mean, really? he was a, he could bat just amazing. And now another guy, uh, they describe him as a bushy, side-whiskered Asa Brainerd, was their unmatched pitcher, and he could throw speed balls and spinners and stuff that would just baffle the, the people. No, I'm going to ask hit-
1: you a dumb question here. Uh, the baseballs themselves Yes. were the baseballs then constructed similarly to what we have today
0: you know I do not know I don't know how were they the same size I, I don't know that either uh, Let's do something on that. Equipment. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find that out. Okay. But anyway, this pitcher Ace Bernard became known. His nickname became Ace. Ace, which became synonymous with any Absolutely. team's star pitcher. Bring in your Ace. Yeah. So with a solid cast of support, the Red Stockings were unbeatable as they took on the powers of organized baseball in the East. They they beat everybody back there, and the game was very different than the ver- than the version played today. Uh, pitchers actually threw the ball underhand. Oh really? Underhand, and there wasn't a glove to be found. No no mittens, no mitts. No, uh, which led to some black and blue hands, sometimes some broken fingers, but. You know, everybody fell in love with baseball. So across when did they, the when did they transition to overhand? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure when they actually made that move. Oh, so, okay. But anyway, an Easter, uh, as Easterners uh, joined the flood of people heading to San Francisco to find gold in 1849, a uh, few of them bought the enthusiasm for what they called New York baseball, uh, as outlined in what they called the Knickerbocker Rules of 1845. Really? So in early 1851, the local newspapers were reporting on baseball games being played on the plaza in San Francisco. Hmm. Many of the participants thought to be transplant of the New York Knickerbockers baseball club from back east. So, you know, these guys came west, and they they loved baseball, so they organized some teams and began uh, playing. So in 1859, the first organized team on the Pacific coast, they were called the San Francisco Eagles. And they were established. That was the first. Then the next February in San Francisco, they played to a 33-33 tie with the Red Rovers of Sacramento. Boy, that was
1: a defensive struggle, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, in September, the Eagles traveled to Sacramento in a rematch for the state title, and they won 31-17. to But... Zeb, said no mitts, no no leather on their hand. You yeah. know? It'd be hard to catch a... What about the dimensions of the field? And I don't know that either. Boy, you've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> hey, I'm just giving you a few facts. <laughs> well, in a few years, the Eagles organization had grown such that with the overflow, they found a new club called the Pacifics. So now we have three teams, the Eagles, the Rovers, and the Pacifics. And both became premier teams among more than a dozen that organized in the Bay Area. So there was quite a few teams that were organized at this time. Wow. So the sport was invigorating to watch, and spectators might even shoot their six guns when they get a little excited. Are you serious? Yeah. You know, you get things, you know, you get a little excitement, and gamblers were betting on their favorite team, and it said it was not uncommon to have enthusiastic supporters fire into the air to shake the concentration of the guy up at bat, hoping that he's going to strike out. So
1: the terminology "steal second base" might have ended somebody's <laughs> life.
0: Yeah, or you know, some some outfielders out there ready to catch a ball. Boom and boom. Yeah, and and you know, it could take your concentration. A guy digs in a gopher hole. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the completion of the transcontinental railroad in May of 1869 was a game-changing moment in the history of the West. Uh, the 1,900-mile journey from Omaha, Nebraska, to Sacramento, California, you know previously taken five months by wagon train, now took five days, and, yeah, each mile on the train was kind of a rough, bone-jarring experience, and, you know, it clattered over the rails at top speeds, really moving along right about 60 miles an hour. 60? Yeah, 60. So, anyway, the expanded markets and the cheaper channels to distribute products were major economic benefits of the railroad. And the Red Stockings saw their marketing possibility uh, immediately and scheduled a trip west to show their talents to a paying audience. So they were looking at making some money on this deal. You know, I just got to thinking about something, though. What about the catcher? The catcher couldn't possibly
1: catch all those pitches barehanded.
0: Maybe that's why the scores were so high. He didn't catch. It. <laughs> he didn't catch a ball. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, think I, I, about that. I played fast pitch uh, uh, underhand yeah. fast, pitch, yeah, I have too. and I caught a little bit. And even with a glove on, oh, sometimes my hand would sting so well, bad. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: but that guy sitting back there, I, you got to do a lot of research uh, yeah, on. Yeah, I'll see what I can find because I could see the catcher going, ain't going to catch this one, and then <laughs> the umpire gets it right in the mush.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so anyway, up until this point, the Red Stockings uh, going west meant. Traveling to play teams in Chicago uh, beyond the Mississippi River was something they had only read about in headlines talking about the gold strikes or the battles with the Indians so in mid September they began their westward adventure and out of the windows, their Pullman rail cars they saw the western prairies and the mountains and the plains and used buffalo chips as yeah, bases buffalo and antelope that they had never seen these uh, that, that was new to them. Uh, which uh, they kind of did something maybe they shouldn't have. They did a uh, little target practice on the, on the buffalo and the antelope that were along the railroad there. Uh-huh. But uh, it says that a number of the ballplayers had brought sidearms, which they employed in shooting at the animals who were fortunate that the players accuracy was better suited for throwing baseballs at targets than hitting them with gunfire <laughs> i think that is saying these guys could not shoot could not hit the broad side of a barn yeah. with a pistol now baseball yes
1: so the the old adage in case of an indian attack you're going to die
0: <laughs> you're going to die just <laughs> lay down you're you're done well, so anyway, years later, a guy by the name of the George Wright would tell of sleeping on the train with the six-shooter under his pillow, ready for a surprise Indian attack. <laughs> These guys were scared) You know, first time out west, I they, love this. They, they were pretty nervous. Well, of course, they arrived in Sacramento with their head and their scalps intact. They took a paddle steamboat into San Francisco and were received warmly on September 23rd by an official welcoming committee as well as several thousand curious onlookers. I so didn't the news know this. the news, uh, got there ahead of, ahead of them. Yeah. So Did ESPN carry the game? Pro- they did. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Okay, so th- I mentioned the three teams that are already there. The three local San Francisco amateur clubs, the Eagles, the Pacifics, and the Atlantics. Right. And they'd been chosen to represent the city in the upcoming games. So, you know, I look at this kind of like uh, a professional basketball team going to play a... Uh, the Washington Nationals. Yeah, <laughs> something that's, you know, is, uh, is struggling. What can you say? Uh, an amateur team. Yeah. An amateur team. Okay. But anyway, they've been chosen to represent the city, and all contests were to be played at Recreation Field, a place for entertainment of all sorts, from circuses to bicycle races. The newspapers proudly noted that special seating was available for 1,000 people in the pavilion at $1 per person and reserved for ladies and... And their escorts, so this was a big deal. Mm. So, now first up were the state champion Eagles. Now, they were the pride of San Francisco, and in the midst of their own undefeated season, which was only five games long, I was going to ask you how long the season was <laughs> five games. I see. So, anyway, so Cincinnati beat them fairly convincingly 35 to 4. Two days later, the Eagles played them again and lost. This time, fifty-eight to four. They're kind of faltering. Well, yeah, you could say that. Now things did not improve when the Pacifics took the field, Uh-oh. losing twice to the Red Stockings, sixty-six to four and fifty-four to five. So finally, the took the wind out of their sails. Yeah, yeah. The, so the third team, the Atlantics, they were being so bad. Uh, 76 to 5 after five innings that everyone agreed. After five innings? At five innings, everyone agreed to mercifully end the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the final contest was played between a, quote, Picked nine, so they took the best three, or the best of the three teams, uh, and they only lost forty-six to fourteen.
1: Well, I'm glad that they had those cliffhangers.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like I say, they took the best. Of the three teams, put them together. But you know that would have been fun, Zeb. I mean, wouldn't? To, even though you, they were getting beat, you know, uh, they took
1: on the best in the world. They did. They took yeah. on the
0: best, and uh, you know, I think it was exciting for the teams, even though they lost, to be able to see the amazing talent yeah. of, of this profession. Did team. anybody get any pictures of that? I, you know, I did have some pictures, but I they weren't the sucks that I could bring them with me. So, oh. but yeah, in their uniforms and one thing the other hats and everything. But anyway, what was plain to see. Besides their physical strength, the visitors that caused one San Francisco newspaper note the players, quote, well-formed calves that bulged in their bright red hosiery was that the red stockings played a different brand of baseball from the locals. So these guys were athletes. They were athletes. Yeah, they were, you know. Now, uh, what did they get paid? Well, they were. They said they were salaried. So okay. whatever that means, I, you know, uh, and probably uh, you know, maybe more than what you could make doing other things. Like
1: but. more than thirty bucks a month, like working on a ranch or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe. Or? But okay. the
0: thing is, they performed with precise teamwork. Okay, they they were professionals. They would back each other up in case of an error. You know, just like you see yeah. today, their pitcher got momentum from his underhand deliveries by taking a step toward home plate. In contrast to the locals who remained stationary, both feet firmly planted as they delivered the ball. Now, I did, you know, I wasn't very good, but I did a little bit of fast pitch underhand, and... You have to step forward to get any kind of speed on that ball. If
1: you want to appreciate what fast pitch is, just watch college girls softball.
0: Oh, they they are amazing. Wow.
1: Yeah, they are amazing. 45 feet away from home plate, and I know a lot of major leaguers that can't even touch them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was another team called the Bay Area Bombers, and they, when they were up to bat, they would swing for the fences, which resulted in these high sky balls to the outfielders, which were easy to catch. And when hit the grounder, they would look at his path and run towards first base almost as an afterthought usually being thrown out in the process, so they they just didn't have the the skills and the techniques you know, mm. but even though they got killed on the field uh, the the teams enjoyed the opportunity to play alongside the famous Cincinnati Ball club uh, as it displayed professional baseball to the west. The red stockings left for home a little while after that with a bunch of money from their share of the admission fees. So they probably got yeah. quite a bit out of that. But they played a quick game in Sacramento against another uh, picked nine guys, which they won 50-6. to six. Then they left the West, only stopping when they reached Omaha, to beat up on two more local teams by the scores of 65-1 to one and 56-3. to three. At the season's end, including exhibitions, they had registered 68 wins and one tie. One tie? One tie, and I don't know how that happened you know but they did we anyway. all play with the opposite hand <laughs> i don't know but there were two mining towns in nevada that had hopes of getting the red stockings that they'd stopped there for ball games but it didn't happen because uh, to reach virginia city or carson city was about 30 miles south of the railroad and uh they just weren't able to get over there mm. uh, so the towns were kind of disappointed they didn't get to watch them and this is in 1869 yeah and then yeah right about there but you know the attraction of innocent wealth appealed to miners as risk. But as noted by a scholar study of the times, quote, mining itself was generally tiresome, monotonous, and frustratingly unsuccessful. So baseball was a welcome distraction, usually accompanied by beer for park's throats and gambling on the outcome, which was an appealing event for the miners. Okay. Unbelievable. Now, there was a guy, 19-year-old Cal McVay had been part of the Red Stockings trip west in 1869. He was a strong Iowa farm boy. Cal was an excellent hitter and the team's best right fielder. When the Red Stockings disbanded at the end of 1870, he followed a guy named Harry Wright and two other teammates to form another club in Boston. So Boston in 1908 became known as the Boston Red Sox. In 1908, by the owner, a guy named John Taylor. Yeah. And they wore their red stockings and... uh, Red socks. Right. Uh, But they still called themselves the Boston Red Stockings for a while until 1908, when it became the Boston Red Sox. Now, this cow... Uh, 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 McVay, he's the one that really got things going uh, playing on teams Uh, uh, he went to San Diego he formed teams in Oakland Uh, by the 1880s, amateur and semi-pro baseball teams were spread over all across the country in the late 1800s so, now, this is where, I know we're about out of time, so yeah. let me just say real quick that uh, uh, in 1888, the San Francisco Examiner published a poem that was to launch baseball into mainstream American consciousness. It was called Casey at the Bat.
1: Casey, Casey at, the, at bat. the
0: Bat. And wow. by chance, the story of the Mudville Nine was recited that summer on Broadway, and it brought down the house, becoming an instant classic, and... Throughout the West, there were became lots and lots of Mudvilles and lots and lots of uh, Casey's striking out at the back. And,
1: and now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the Cincinnati Redlegs, that was their name for Red years. stockings, right. No, Redlegs. Oh, it Red legs. changed okay. to Redlegs. And I believe they dropped the legs portion of that back in the late 40s or early 50s and just simply became the Cincinnati Reds. Like they are today, okay. but yeah. I also have heard many stories that they were criticized for keeping the name Reds because of the communistic
0: attitude of that word. Oh. Yeah, I know. Check mean, that on that, sense. see? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, you know, when you think of the Old West, you don't think of baseball, but no. it was big. It was, you know, a lot bigger than I think anybody thinks, starting Absolutely. in the
1: 1800s. America's game. Yeah, yeah. There is. you go.
0: I was going to bring the pump Casey at the bat, but I didn't get that. Do it
1: next week after you do all your research. Okay. <laughs> I really am interested in the equipment, though.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen baseball gloves that looked like nothing more than a hunk of leather. That's Those old, what old, They were. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know, that, to me, was extremely interesting. Thanks, Doc. Well, I know you're a baseball fan. I am a baseball addict. I did not know that about uh, them traveling out west to play those teams. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting for Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you.
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should, too?